Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Boston Podcast. This is David Yaz from Morgan Stanley. Another great show for you today, uh, Emily Rooney. She is a uh, just a, a big name in local media. She obviously comes from media royalty. She's the daughter of, of Andy Rooney, who, uh, of course, we lost recently, the last couple of years. And uh, Emily talks about her dad a little bit in this interview, but she talks about uh, Greater Boston, the TV show that she grew and hosted for 18 years on um, local PBS here, uh, WGBH. And if you don't know Emily, um, she's interesting. She um, does not pull any punches. Uh, when we asked her about the sort of terms of the, the interview, we suggested that, um, you know, if she wants to go back and, and uh, delete certain things she's not comfortable with, and she, she said no. She said, I am always on the record. So... Um, you're going to enjoy this chat with Emily. Uh, let's see. Make sure you uh, check out all of our past episodes on the bostonpodcast.com. All of the uh, past episodes are archived there. And they are sort of timeless. Uh, great interviews with uh, people like uh, Mike Dukakis, Upton Bell, Bob Lobel, uh, Margie Claprood, many, many, many people from the world of Boston, uh, sports, politics, media, philanthropy and uh, the law and a bunch of other cool stuff if you if you never heard our interview with jay carney he's uh, whitey bulger's lawyer you should go back and listen to that one and i suggest you do part two of that because you'll be shocked what he tells you about whitey that's enough babbling for me i hope everyone's enjoying the summer uh i'm joined on this podcast by my compadre uh max perlman who's a lawyer at hirsch roberts and um sarah worley could not join us but she'll be back don't worry kids uh, let's see. You know what? That's just quite enough babbling for me. The summer heat has got me crazy, but you've got the Boston Podcast on tap. So please, everyone, enjoy the show. This one's for you, Boston. Boston's a different city than it was 20 years ago. The hope rises again, and the dream lives on. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. The world will return to this great American city to run harder than ever and to cheer even louder. This is our f***ing city. And we're back on the Boston Podcast. You know, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. And Max, I don't know if you notice... I feel like we're the only non-tourists remaining in this city. Do you walk around today? Yeah, a little it's, bit. So it's a gorgeous day, and it's it's just the city is just teeming with these people on their smartphones and their maps and looking around and taking pictures. I feel like we're the only fools remaining. It's such a such an awesome day. Now I'm Do depressed. Not, it, it, going to Daniel Hall right now is not for the land of the, for the not, land of heart. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're also the, shooting the new Ghostbusters movie around here, and and um, you know what. I need to introduce my good friend, Emily Rooney, who, who is joining us. Um, Emily is... Um, I don't need to introduce you. No. Let's just start talking. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's a media legend. She's, she has been... Just just recently, well, I guess it was two years ago. No, last year, you... Uh, this year, January. It was this year. Oh, January. Okay. So you announced that um, you're you're going uh, was, to... I was about to say take a break, but I guess it's a permanent break from, uh, yeah. from Greater Boston, the mm-hmm. show that... The, just the, one of the wonderful local treasures of local media. There are so many, so few remaining, I should mm-hmm. say, right? And so you you were the host of Greater Boston for eighteen years. Yeah, eighteen years. Okay. Yeah. And Jim Browdy. Uh, he does it now. Doing a good he, job. He, he took a. Eh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I I did not appreciate that he did. Um, 
once I listened in context, it was okay, but he, he said, when he did his little salute piece to you, he said, well, when we think about Emily Rooney, to know Emily is to know Emily. This is his little, um, little, but then it, I later saw it. We get along well. And it was a, it was a, it was a lighthearted piece yeah. that he was doing. So, um, why? why? Why step down now? You know, I just felt like I had done it for 18 years, and there were just some days where I felt like I had seen the chips on the merry-go-round go around one too many times, mm-hmm. and the same people and the same interviews, and as much as I really enjoyed being part of the fray, you know, I still get ramped up for a, a governor's race or a Senate race or a presidential race, it was. It, it had just become too predictable and too cyclical. And I also wanted to go out, frankly, on my terms. Yeah. I didn't want to have some, you know, big shot come along and say, you know, you've stayed at the party too long. Right. So I probably could have done it a few more years. And as you know, I still do beat the press on Friday nights, which is a show I developed. I copyrighted. Um, it's mine, and yeah, I'm, I'm never going to do that. You copyrighted beat the press. Where'd you get the idea for beat ago. the press? <laughs> well, no, no, nevertheless, you won that. They fought and by me the way, for a while, by the way. The, the NBC show... fought me for a while on that. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh. And then I actually that? have a funny story because, you know, Ariana Huffington. Sure. So the same year I was going to the, cop- the trademark office to do Beat the Press, she was also doing it. She called me up. She invited me down to her beautiful home in Washington, D.C. This is right after her husband had lost the Senate race in California. Mm-hmm. She was still married to Michael Huffington. She said, let's do it together. I thought, well, this, you know, that would be a leg up. You got Ariana Huffington. She was already a known quantity. And she started telling me what her idea was, which was essentially to lambast the the liberal media. (laughs) And I said, well, no, 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 that's really not what I have in mind. I want to look at media from all sides, all angles, Um, fair, unfair, balanced, you know, just everything, and and, and dissect how stories are covered, what they do, what what some of the silly things do, what some of the important things. I said, I'm not, this is not a polemic. This is not, you know, a one-sided. So I actually ended up beating her to the trademark office, and she ended up trademarking Eat the Press, (laughs) which isn't nearly as good. That's not a Hosted by Guy Fieri. And she still uses it on her... Huffington Post website. She uses Eat the Press. It, it's yeah. not. It doesn't even make sense. No, I. What can I say? So, and that show, by the way, is is for my money, it's one of a kind, and such a great show because, yeah. um, I, you know, being a former newspaper guy myself, um, it's fun being. It's, being, fun. It, it's, it's sassy. Fun. You know, yeah. I used to get so frustrated when I was in local news. I came to WCDB Channel Five in nineteen seventy nine, and right off the bat, you know, I was subject to somebody's article, Monica Collins, or some mm. criticism. You mm. know. Those people used to live off of television, you know, media stars, Bob Lobel, you mentioned a minute ago, uh, yeah. you know, Chet and Natalie, uh, Tony Pepper. I mean, you, you couldn't take a step without having somebody take a whack at you. And I thought, you know, at some point, I want to do media criticism that's all-inclusive, that's right. not a one-way street, you know, where you're not just taking a whack at TV, which is really essentially all they did. They, they were never introspective. They never whacked each other. They never, you know, took a shot at the paper across town. Strictly directed at television, I said, "I'm going to change that." Mm. And and it has done that, and it it's it's great because who who watches the the watchers, right? Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the you know the the end. Um, so the the way you you know you you break down a a new show, a new product, or a certain kind of reporting, mm-hmm. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, and um, but what is there hope for us yet? Is there hope? For, <laughs> is there, I mean, is there hope for? Journalism, yeah. I mean, I mean, take just to one example, and I think this will be emblematic of the way journalism is going. Unfortunately, is you know, I heard a, an interview with the 
whoever the head of Reddit is. You know, oh, the, yes, the, yes. The woman right? who stepped down? Ellen Powell? No, it was a guy. I forget. Oh. Maybe it was one of the editors. Yeah. I, I don't remember. But the point is, he said, they asked him, how long do you spend writing the headlines, your headlines? And he said, oh, you know, good, probably a good hour. You know, and he's getting that headline right. And how long do you spend on the story? Oh, about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and with, with, you know, without apology, he says this. And so... Um, it's become that instant, uh, you know, the, a knee-jerk world, uh, a, a, the, the, the Twitterverse and all that. So is that I still, disturbing? I do not lament the past. And I'll tell you what, there's some interesting statistics out right now about people who read all of their news off Facebook or Twitter. Mm -hmm. They are still linking to the major news organizations in America. It's like, where do you think the news came from, you right. idiots? Yeah. It came from an original source. Somebody did the legwork. So... All those Twitter things now, I was looking, I'm doing a piece about Major Garrett and his question to the president for this week, and I found myself looking at Twitter, and I wanted to instantly to find the original, um, you know, story about that. I, I, I hit Twitter, it was a New York Times story. So a, a lot of this, it's circling back to these major news organizations. Reddit doesn't do original reporting, and, and what they do, you know, they aggregate, and sometimes if you don't know what the, the source is, I mean, I would, I would never use them as one. Unless mm -hmm. they're bringing me back to an original one. Yeah. So I, I, I don't lament. I mean, parts of this are, are, are a lot of fun, you know, to be part of a, a you know, the social media fray. Because, I, I mean, I still, I still count, I, maybe I'm a dinosaur, I still watch one of the network newscasts when I'm home. I try mm -hmm. to tune into a little local news. I love listening to WBZ radio. I love it. Yeah. I still love NPR. <laughs> I listen to I listen to as much as I can. Um, and I think the more the merrier. The, it, it's just the, um, what you said is very encouraging because a lot of times if I'm on social media and someone posts an article and they say, isn't this horrible? Um, it doesn't happen all the time, but every once in a while you'll, you'll look at the article and you realize it's not an article at all. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's from a, some yeah. creepy corner of the exactly. web, you know what I mean? And then yeah. it's like, please don't take this yeah. as justice. Um, my hot button, you know, I, uh, my son Adrian has autism and, every, and you know, every you know, quarter at least there'll be a, some story about how uh, vaccines cause yeah. autism or some combination of you know yeah. additives and people will be like oh my god this is scary watch out people and you do you look a little deeper and you'll find it's BS yeah. but um, you know there's some of those headlines on reddit it's like we've just given up like I mean you know um, who is the uh, the singer who was licking the donuts in the donut was that Ariana oh, Grande yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so the headline yeah. for that story yeah. like yeah. on reddit was probably something like Ariana Grande licked a donut in a store and it was hilarious or something and said Ariana Grande licks donuts and says America is terrible or whatever she said yeah. and it, it, it's just made me wistful for the old days when you used to try to think they of spend a clever, an hour coming up with that yeah, <laughs> right mm -hmm. and why not come up with the clever like we used to try to come up with a clever well, head. like what's do. the headline like you know your sweet, old publication you know. still does um, right. the Herald sometimes does the New York Post does the Daily News does I mean, the Globe not so much, but you know, some, a lot of a lot of news organizations do. So, how, where are we headed? You 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 dabbled in podcasting mm -hmm. uh, for a while, right? And um, is that the wave of the future? Just tell us that the Boston podcast is the wave of the I future. I think the Boston podcast is definitely the wave of the future. There we go. <laughs> Save that. Well, certainly, m many more people are listening to podcasts. My daughter does it all the time. I got involved in that whole serial thing, like I'm yeah. sure everybody else did. I was kind of slow to podcast because my thought was, when the heck am I going to listen to it? So I, I did a, you know, I don't, I'm not a binger either. I don't binge watch or binge, but I was cooking Thanksgiving dinner and I started binging on 
cereal last November. So, you know, and so they got through it all. So. We've talked about it here on this show. Um, why was it so great? You know, one of the things about it that was really great, and I hope you will agree with me and appreciate it, it was Sarah Koenig's voice and her storytelling style. Yeah. And she had, she was quirky, and she had humor, and she had these little asides, mm -hmm. and it was engaging, and it pulled you in at least as much as the story itself, if not more. I, I think it was her equivocation, because usually you don't hear a reporter equivocating. Yeah. And, and it was so self-reflective, like nothing else yeah. I've ever, she was, I've ever she seen. She dared that. Yeah. yeah. I thought that, yeah. Was, that was unique. I'd never mm -hmm. hear anything like no, that I before. Agree. I agree. And I agree completely. I think you both mm -hmm. put your finger on it. it. It was I listening to it. I thought it was like the the you know news radio version of listening to Sergeant Pepper for the first time. I'm like, this is something new. <laughs> I mean, this really yeah, this is she's funny. she's invented something yeah. new. And use typical journalism is you know that could have been a story in Time Magazine or Boston Mag or what have you, but. In a big feature story like that, think about what happens. There's the research. There's there's oh, the yeah. fact checking there. And by the time it's mm -hmm. fully cooked, everything has been mulled over and, mm -hmm. and made just so. Not this, in this was case. it was right. it was it was it was you know organic. Raw. It was happening yeah. while she was reporting it. I mean, she had a running start, but then week after week after week. That was, was shocked to hear that when she was yeah. on, um, you know, I think the Daily Show or mm -hmm. Colbert, one of those, and she said, "You're you're not that." further behind than I am yeah. in my reporting. Like, so, and, yeah. But was that a one-shot deal, do you think? I mean, she, they were going to try to recreate that for this, uh, for the spring. It, it didn't yeah. really happen. I mean, part of it was that she was on to a good tale, and it involved a very young person and a murder of another very young person and a lot of, you know, mysteries about who saw what when and the yeah. whereabouts the and the timeline. The young person was willing to talk to, yeah. to her. Yeah. And the yeah. young person was so compelling in the way he spoke. Yeah. That Those it, conversations. Yeah. Were, just yeah. hearing yeah. his side of it yeah. compelled you. It was so It would be hard right? for them to, to, to duplicate mm -hmm. that. I hope they try. I mean, the, the imitators are already yeah. out there. There's one of the more popular yeah. podcasts now is called, I think it's called The Mystery Show. And it's a, a, a woman who's this sort of perky little thing, and she's and, and <laughs> that probably sounds really condescending, but 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 unfortunately, the flaw of the show is it's it's a little too breezy, and she tries to solve mysteries like whatever happened to this video store in Midtown that oh. disappeared without warning one day, like and so they're they're sort of quaint, the internet quaint. is no. what happened to that little the, video <laughs> store. <laughs> All right, but there was some sort of. Now, if you did the Deer so. Island Baby, it might be onto something. Yes. <laughs> so, but I mean, you look at cereal. Cereal is basically. Dateline, stretched out, yeah. with a heart, yeah. and with that equivocation, with that self-reflectiveness on the part of the yeah. because they're doing the same thing that Dateline does, which is well, dating. no, there's always a denouement. You know, it's always forty-eight hours. There's always a resolution. You know, right. in court and the but and same with Dateline. You usually see you a see period the ending. The end but, of the well, that's what I expected going into episode yeah. twelve of Serial. I yeah. thought that we'd have some sort of. Yeah. This is what happened. So, I, were you disappointed by the end? Not necessarily. <laughs> no. 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 Me neither. I thought. I thought she. I thought she ended it as, as elegantly as she could have. She she didn't. Uh, she told us what she thought. I think she thought he did it in the end. D did she? I don't remember. <laughs> no, I don't remember. I gotta go back she, and listen. I think she thought she, she thought he did. Yeah, um, the whole problem with it, and let's not go too serial crazy today, but <laughs> just just maybe a couple more minutes. Um, the whole problem with it, you heard all these interesting twists and turns, which were fascinating and kind of had you going back and forth from episode to episode. Ugh, I guess he did it. No, yeah, there's yeah. no way yeah, he did yeah, it. Yeah. Just listen to his voice. Listen to conviction of his voice. The big problem, just factually, was if it wasn't him, it was his buddy there. Yeah, it had to buddy. have been, right? 
because that that guy, yeah. I forget his name, yeah. the, the J. J. right, the evil J. He directed the authorities yeah. to the place where the yeah. body was buried. So it's yeah. one of the two of them, yeah. right? And yeah. so if you 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 get a you get a pick, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Did you have no, something else? We're done with cereal. We're done with cereal for the moment. Actually, you know what? Let's take a break. We've got Emily for a little bit longer. We'll return and we will solve all of the problems in the media today, and we will all go marching forward in happiness. No. We want to hear a little bit more uh, from Emily about um, as she, I don't want to say wrapping up your career, wrapping up no. Greater Boston, but I'm no. sure you have bigger mountains to move, and we'll talk about that when we return on the Boston Podcast. Stay with us. I really uh, Yes, this is Upton Bell, and uh, following Emily Rooney, you are listening to the Boston Podcast. Welcome back to the show here, the Boston Podcast. By the way, always find us online at thebostonpodcast.com. Great interviews we've had uh, recently. Bob Lobel, Mike Dukakis, um, Chuck Hogan, author of the book that became The Town. That was a great one. Who else have we had, Max? Um, Frank Rudowitz from Markham, which was a lot of fun. It was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We put Jay Carney. Jay, Jay Carney. I got to download Clapper. that one. You, you, you have to. It's, yeah. We did it in two parts, and he started telling us conversations he had with Whitey. Did that, he like Whitey? You know what? To a fault, I think yes. But what do you think? I man? think he admired him. Yeah. I, I really do. It, it's it, the, he's, He spoke and, and with a certain glint in his eye about uh, Whitey's stories. Mm-hmm. And he said some things, frankly, that I've never heard before about Whitey's reaction to the, the indictments. Mm. And um, just some spectacular listening, mm. if I may say so. Well, he, was, he, he talked about how Whitey sort of almost comically went down the list of alleged victims and told Jay what had happened, and a couple of them would be like, no, nah, that wasn't me, that wasn't me. And then he would get to a couple that he was complicit in, and he would start laughing. Oh, my God, this is a funny story. The one where <laughs> he was supposed to do with the deal, but he's wearing brand-new pants, they were too tight, and he couldn't get the gun out. So, right. So Flemmy took care of it. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, and, like and he's laughing about it. And it, it's yeah. and we were laughing on the podcast What's for a so moment. What's funny about that? Well, that, no. <laughs> after a while, it's... it's a, it's, you know, the definition of, uh, yeah. you know, black comedy. It's like we shouldn't be laughing about this. So we're here with um, two media legends, uh, Emily Rooney and Upton Bell. And, Makes um, it sound old, doesn't it? Yeah. Living legends, yeah. still They're, thriving yeah. legends. Carved their faces in, storm, uh, in stone <laughs> on the Mount Rushmore of Mount, Boston media. I, you two are absolutely candidates for the, the local media. Who, would you, who, who else would you put, who would you put well, on? Pablo Bell, yeah. Chet and Natalie. Pablo Bell. Chet and Natalie. Chet and Natalie. Right. Um, yeah. Jack and Liz. Jack and Liz. Uh, I I didn't grow up around here. Harvey Leonard. I know. Bruce Wegler. Broad Noy. Broad Noy. Dick Albert. Sure, Broad Noy. That's a good one. Sherman Sacchetti. Dan Ray. Dan Ray. Dan Dan Ray's in the waiting room. Um, Anyway, so I wanted to roll tape on this while we're having this discussion, but it's topical. So the ESPY Awards, as we record this on a Thursday, the ESPY Awards were last night. And we all know the story of Caitlyn Jenner and the and um, how SB, the ESPN, pardon me, decided to salute Caitlyn Jenner with the Arthur Ashe Award. I thought it was a tired story, but now, well, up yeah, well, year, another shoe dropped. Another shoe just yeah, dropped. Yeah, we we, we, right. we found out that there was a quid pro quo. A deal was made, and the Daily Mail, which which Emily was talking about, where are the news sources? Yeah. This wasn't something on the internet. The Daily Mail wrote the story. Right. And the story was that there was a deal that if if uh, Diane Sawyer uh, was to get the interview, 
he was to get the Arthur Ashe Award, and I'm saying to myself, Arthur Ashe must be turning over in his grave. Yeah. And by the way, it was yeah. Caitlyn Jenner who was insistent on that. That's absolutely yeah. right. And so ABC had to go to ESPN and say, here's the deal. And then well, they did all that nauseous cross-promotion during her... Whoever heard of the ESPYs for God's sakes? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. And then it, I started seeing these, during that interview, this, these promos for the ESPYs, and it's like, well, what in the world is this? And it's Well, not, not only that, they also... Uh, put in during uh, the breaks uh, different segments of his new show, I guess. Yeah. Uh, He's got a new reality show. Yeah, About to being trans, a cross-gender. Yeah, oh, my transgender God. And, and then they had the three, the four or five lemmings, uh, the, the Kardashians, <laughs> the Kardashian there, lemmings. there. And then he did a whole thing with Mom. I will tell you this. I met him once, uh, dealt with him from time to time, not since he... Got into that when family he was, when he was well, Bruce. Well, well he's just, always Bruce. Yeah. he hasn't done a damn thing in his life but be Bruce. And, and he did win know, a gold medal. That was pretty good. But right. that's following it. After yeah. that, you have to do something. But he went from that <laughs> to Wheaties, Wheaties to being Brody yeah. to being Bruce to, be, uh, dumping to being his, a, yeah. yeah dumping serial marrier serial marrier serial marrier dumping his wife. But to me, of of all the people that I've ever covered. He is the biggest egomaniac. And really? last night, yeah. uh, other than that one segment where he talked about uh, you know, the kids that were growing up that were committing suicide that couldn't identify with themselves and the people, that, that segment was pretty good for about six or seven minutes. The rest was all, I don't care what dress Caitlin, Bruce, or whomever he is now had on, that's Bruce Jenner. It's all about me. That's all it was. It was all about him. If mm. you, if you listen to twenty seven, it still is in many respects. Even this whole mm. thing. Yeah. I mean, I was going to call it a charade, but you know, <laughs> yeah. that would be politically incorrect. I mean, I don't know. It's like it's definitely an attention getter. You know? I, well, it, it was yeah. strange how he started, how she started. I, I should be respectful. She, yeah. yeah. Um, that um, so. She takes the, the, the stage being introduced by Abby Wambach, a strong uh, female athlete, right. member of the U.S. soccer team, and then proceeds to spend the first three or four minutes kind of trivializing the idea of being a woman by talking about his how, dress. How, how, his how dress. It's so hard being a woman, you have to pick the right dress and the makeup and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, that was a kind of a strange transition um, on, on the stage. Well, then, then, then she talked about, I mean, she went from the, the, you know, the perfume and all the other stuff, like it was really a terrible thing that she had to go through. And, and we women now, I mean, he made a reference to the audience, to the women, and you women in the audience know it, and then we panned from the shot from 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 she to the women kind of giggling out yeah. in the audience. And I, I mean, it was all like a movie prop, and I'm saying, Jesus, I cannot... I'll believe that this is so disgusting. And well, then, I can see then, a lot of female athletes in the crowd saying, that's, that's demeaning. Well, not only that, yeah. they, they had a great shot of, of Brett uh, Caveman Fogg <laughs> sitting in the first row, <laughs> right. and you could tell you could tell the more liberal ones from yeah, the yeah, ones yeah. that mm. he looked really, and some other people did when they took other shots. That was the best very part. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So very uncomfortable. So far you tell he was clapping because he, he had, he had to, to. And then, then, they, then he saw the red light yeah. of a camera right next and to then him. They had to stand. He started massaging his hands. Nervously, Maybe Charlie Chaplin could have done something, or Woody Allen with this thing, because it was so poorly done in some ways, mm. but so hilarious. But saying that what what something like ten or fifteen million more Americans 
tune this in sure. just because of, of that course. factor. Well, it's funny because yeah. it's, we're talking about a couple. I mean, the fact that she is a uh, openly transgendered person and and maybe one of these unlikely pioneers. You know, sometimes our pioneers are not exactly the most attractive versions of what we would hope them to be. Um, Larry Flint with the First Amendment, mm, right? Um, good point. Howard Stern with the First yeah. Amendment, mm. right? That push boundaries and, and perhaps for good. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he, she, and there, I, there I go doing it, but um, she's the first famous person to stand up and say this is okay. So, I, I, I mean. It's a very interesting story. Right. I mean, no matter what we assess it. Is. it, I mean, it is. But it the really whole, is. the Kardashian mania, it nauseates me as much but as see, that's part of the problem yeah. with the underlying theme of this story is that it's, there's, a, there's a commercialization of this. If she had just done it and then yeah. started living the life, but it's all part of, you know, making money and being back on the stage. Yeah. And this is part of, it, it, it's a commercialization of the, 15 of the minutes of fame. It's pretty not, easy not to get only, cynical, yeah. Not only that, Emily, you, you would appreciate the, uh, the the scenes they kept showing and they, they did that kind of that round motion out of some some movie mm -hmm. where you would see, uh, how could you feel sorry when they show his his mansion yeah. uh, overlooking the Pacific Ocean up, you know, and they kept going around so you could see it, uh, what do mm -hmm. they call that the technique? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the kept and and he's talking about how she is talking about how difficult life is yeah. crossing the border, and yeah. I see this mansion and big swimming pool and everything else like that, and I said, "What suffering is there?" Yeah. Sign me up for that what, kind of emotion. The real question. suffering: the people have no money, or getting their 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 fannies beaten in, or the things that people are talking about if you're transgender, mm. and he's talking about it, and they keep showing. The pool and the beautiful home, right, and 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 the view of the ocean. I'm saying, this is this is utterly ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll be interested to see what the show is. I mean, I so if I may switch gears for yeah. a moment, Emily, I happened to see um, just recently uh, an announcement that that you did for your um, station, and it was about your dad, and it was very heartfelt. Hmm. You, you know the one I'm I'm talking about. Um, so your dad, of course, passed away two years ago. Uh, before years in November. Oh, is that right? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, and um, you had done a message. Um, oh, yeah. Do you remember this? Where did you see that? Online. There's yeah. a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. That's amazing. The, that, that, that internet <laughs> They were going to yeah. put those things on air, but they weren't broadcast quality. They were so horribly done, so they just buried them on the internet somewhere. So, and maybe I'll actually insert the, the audio into this show here so everyone can hear it. It's, uh, I think it was about three or four minutes long, but what yeah. you were talking about, the... the torturous decision you had to yes. make about yeah. um, a feeding tomb for your dad yeah. after he had had a, a, a serious stroke that he was mm -hmm. not going to recover right. from. Um, and that you, it was very interesting because you asked, and I don't know how you knew to ask, know to ask this, but uh, if there was a, a medical my brother ethicist. Asked. Okay. My yeah. brother asked. We were all sitting around and my brother said, is there a medical ethicist on staff we could consult with? And they nodded and you know, they, before we knew it, we had this huge family powwow going with an impressive group of people, the, the chief of whom was, I wish I could remember his name now, he was chief medical ethicist, I'm not sure that exactly his title. He was a little bit brutal, you mm -hmm. know, really forthcoming, right out of the Rooney page of, you know, mm -hmm. tell it like it is. You know, what, what do you want me to do for you? What can I do for you? You know, so he was asking very, and... Sorry, he, this is in New York? Yeah, in New York, uh, Columbia Presbyterian. Okay. Um, I said, well, you know, 
And, and he went around to all of us, and what, was your, what are your concerns? And I said, well, I'm, I'm afraid my father's going to starve to death, which is something that he, he wouldn't like. Somebody who enjoyed food that much, and then he assured us that that wasn't the case. Of course, in the end, I think that was the case. But, um, you know, uh, it was a really intense, personal, and very gratifying experience to be part of that. And I think the the message I was getting, we were doing um, something about aging. It was a mm -hmm. whole series we'd done about aging, and we were each talking about something we learned through the process. Some people did something about nursing homes and this and that, and, and my bit was on learning that you can consult people in a situation like that yeah. about what to do. I mean, and, and ultimately having to come to the conclusion for yourselves, but, you know, bouncing those ideas off of people is, is available to people. And I gather most of the major hospitals have yeah. someone. I'm sure they do. Yeah. That's, that, I, sure I, they I never do. would have guessed that. And... Yeah. You ultimately made the decision against Not the, to put the him on, but he lived almost another three weeks, and I have to tell you, that was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It was brutal. I, I, I might add this on a little bit lighter note, but the night that they took me into the hospital, um, and I'm thinking, I, I have no uh, will or anything oh. that's mm -hmm. up by uh, the living yeah. will oh, saying, yeah. Oh, yeah. because I never gave any thought. You always yeah, think yeah. you're going to live forever until you're turned upside down in a car and they're rushing you to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And they take me in the emergency room, and there's this guy that looked like Felix the Undertaker. I'm mm -hmm. lying on, on there. I'm barely, uh, you know, barely alive in some ways. And, and he walks over the table, and he's got this big, long mm -hmm. uh, thing, and he said, now... Uh, What's your name? I said, ask somebody else. I don't know. And he said, uh, I've got to go through this list with you now. If if they have to operate on you right now, he said, if you have a stroke or a heart attack, do you want do not resuscitate? Wow. And it hit me just really yeah. funny. And I said, uh, I said something like, Jesus Christ, I I, I don't know. But the but the this but when you series, said when you said you didn't know it was just because you were in such pain you didn't even want to talk well, to this that, guy. Well, that was part of it. The yeah. other part just really struck me, kind of, uh, am I dying or what's going mm -hmm. on here? Because this guy's really basically saying to you and, and nobody, my son and, and nobody my girlfriend, there. nobody could get That's there. It was the, the middle of a snowstorm. You need an advocate, man. You need an yeah, advocate. Yeah, you do. But mm -hmm. it struck me yeah. in some ways how sad it is because I never did anything. Yeah. But the other thing was how funny it was. This serious guy saying, "Well, you know what?" If, have a heart attack, you know, do you want us to resuscitate yeah. you? And I'm saying, that's kind of redundant, what a isn't it? <laughs> I know, my goodness. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you have a will now? Oh, yeah, I, I do. Will. You know, we're in a law office here, Upton. Yeah. We can probably say. I know. Yeah, After yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I, mean, I, I had already yeah. had a will, and I lost my husband almost yes. 20 years ago now. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I, I have my affairs in order. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd need it. I'm going to make it easy on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so, Emily, we're going to lose you in a few minutes. Yeah. So, um, if you don't mind, since we we brought oh, up your fine. since we brought up your dad, yeah. um, what's uh, I'm sure you've answered this before, but what's what will be your enduring memory of him? I mean, I we all have ours, right? Of of Andy Rooney, and to me, he you talk about inventing a form of media. You know, I I think he really did, right? Yeah. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he he there was you needed an Andy Rooney for there to be a, a John Stewart and Stephen Colbert down the road, right? Just just news plus satire. Um, what will be your... Well, I, I just, you know, he was my dad, so I will have enduring memories of him as a dad. Of course. You know, he he was uh, really very involved in our lives. You know, he taught us to swim at a very early, early age. All four of my father's children are extremely capable. And I, I, don't, I don't mean that as a bragging point. I mean it as a point of fact. 
-hmm. I can build a fire. I can hang shelves. I can paint. I can I can do any basic carpentry or anything. My dad made sure we all had the basic tools. Wow. I I have friends of mine who, who wouldn't be able to hang a you know a <laughs> photograph or you know they couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything with a tool. Um, my dad was very capable. My dad was a great cook. He taught me you know everything about the kitchen. Taught me about ingredients just off the top of his head. So we're all very fortunate that he's he enriched our lives. You know I, I have a great memory when we were all you know between the ages of eight and ten. He took us up to our place at Lake George, which, was, of course, was not heated. We built an igloo outside. We dug out the igloo. You built an igloo? We built an igloo. We got our non-waterproof <laughs> sleeping bags, yeah. got out some candles, and spent the night in this igloo with, of course, the candle and the dripping. And I remember at one point he went in and figured out how to flip something, and he got the oven going and he tried to bake us some potatoes in this in the oven. The house was freezing cold because it's, it's not winterized. But these are the kinds of memories that I'm going to have. My goodness. You know. you, you're the person I want to be on that Survivor show with or you something. Do. When you get that, you, 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 you should try that. You know, I, I might add one of the best books I ever read. Uh, I'm, I'm a real, uh, uh, not a scholar, but I, I love reading the factual stories about the Second World War. Oh, yeah. Your That's the best book. war story that ever written. Incredible. If you haven't written it, I, I keep telling him it's a terrible title. It's called My War. Yeah. The book is fantastic. Not only is it really personal and damn funny. So did he write really historic. He wrote 23 books or yeah. something. And, and were a lot of them of, of his usual commentary? Some of them were usual, right. but this one was a very personal reflection Terrific. on World War II. Terrific. And, and so his... his, his he... Uh, he he was he served or yeah he I mean he was uh, he he worked for the stars and stripes he had kind of a good deal <laughs> oh, okay. he never got anywhere he kept getting busted back to sergeant I mean you should see the, the things that he did well the you things know, he, he said to his superiors yeah, exactly. he got busted I, every I, third day is that right oh yeah he sounds like yeah. the uh, original uh, get the Adrian Cronauer it is yeah. terrific it is wow. absolutely it is. I thanks Upton you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Would I take it that's on Amazon? My my yeah. war. Yeah, my, my war. war. I'm I told him it was a terrible title, but okay. he didn't and listen to me. Did he? Would he call you? Every day we called him. Is that right? And yeah. would, would he, he and give, I were very close. Would he give you feedback on your shows? He and was, stuff? you know, he was just always very proud. You know, he yeah. would never criticize me about the show. You know, and right. I always complimented on his pieces. And yeah. he was, you know, he was always proud. Yeah. You know, that was appointment TV. It was. Absolutely. I know. I miss it. It's still hard to watch sixty minutes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. You you, you want the you want that uh, that that delivery at the end. Yeah. You want you want that. I'm surprised yeah. they never really they didn't replace. They said something. Maybe it's so singular. You can't. You want the dessert at the end of the yeah. show. Yeah. Do you remember who they tried to make the Andy Rooney of six, the ill-fated sixty yeah. minutes too? Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Ting Tingle. That's yeah, right, Jimmy Tingle. Jimmy Tingle. Yeah, and he wasn't bad, but wasn't bad. It just it didn't. Uh, resonance yeah, well, he's a away. comedian. Yeah, he was needed at the residence yeah. in Verveer, yeah. so he wasn't able to. <laughs> hey, Max, he's a future guest of the podcast. Be nice. <laughs> he's okay. a good guy too. Yeah, he'll yeah. take that in the spirit. And <laughs> he will. I'm sure he will. He too, to me, uh, he's almost, he's irreplaceable. He was so unique, yeah. and and anybody that stepped into that, and to me, That's couldn't do it. That you, yep. you would be comparing. Yeah. Uh, but now they could do it. It's been almost four years. They could do it. They could do it, but who who would have that? That knack. I don't mean, I'm available. CBS. Yeah. <laughs> CBS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe John Stewart and his yeah, retirement would, would be good for a segment like it'd that. Be, it'd be light lifting yeah. for him. They said yeah. wouldn't have to work every well, day. By the way, do you, do you think that Colbert, I, I don't get that uh, going on regular night TV? I don't know. Where he, 
I mean, do you out see of character? him in that? Out of character? Or you I don't know. know. Yep, that's a good character. Just to say, I don't know. Okay, so I, I, I don't say I have inside info on this, but I've been listening to, he, he's been putting out a podcast um, periodically in, in sort of gearing up for the show, and it's interesting to listen to it because I had the same for you guys. I was, I'm a Colbert uh, fanatic. I've, yeah. I've seen everything he's done. And um, I had the same fear because he, 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 he nailed that character, the, the phony Stephen Colbert, so perfectly. How does he, you know, what does he do? So it's weird. If you listen to the podcast, he's, he's sort of um, halfway removed from the character. He's still... He's just going to oh. evolve out of it. Well, so I, maybe he won't be. He's still got the same... Um, uh, Affectations. He can't help that's that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The the timing, the comedy timing, the the sarcasm, or the or the the um, how would you describe it? The the way he is sort of ignorant of certain things yeah. and, and and to to uh, to play for comedy, and um, so I think he'll do it that way. Mm-hmm. There's actually a a viral video that's going around. Is he showed up at some local cable channel in Michigan oh, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Marion, Michigan, maybe? No, is that not it? I don't know. But it was was some look. And so he goes on there. And it it was classic. He borrowed a page from Zach Galifianakis, if you've ever seen his Between Between Two Two Ferns thing. It was basically the same shtick. But he did it very well. And he had Eminem, the rapper, on the show. (laughs) He shows up on this. And Colbert, the interviewer, was... uh, Clueless as to who. Well, you seem. Do you think this rap thing is going to really be something for you? But um, but but it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was some good, producer so. somewhere at his network who who knows whether this is going to be really good or really bad. Yeah. Because I'm sure they've done enough oh, yeah. screenings on this I don't to see be it. able to figure. I don't really? See it. He's so talented, though. Don't yeah, you we'll think see. he'll find a way? I wonder if he's going to do that. I wonder if he's going to play, you know, play dumb and mm. for comedy. Who knows? Um. So Emily's got to run because she's going to play tennis. True. How often do you how often do you play? I Are try you good? to play almost every day. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Kick my butt. <laughs> so where so we can still see you on uh, Friday nights. Friday nights on BTH Channel Two. I still do some radio. I'm going to be covering the some of the presidential race going up to New Hampshire for GBH. For GBH. And give us a hint. Is there some big new thing on the horizon? I'm working on something, but you know, I'm finding that this would be a great place to break the news. I know. I. I haven't been, well, I started enjoying some free time, and I really didn't, I, I haven't been able to just get my... You'll enjoy it more and more. Into, so, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, but I'm, I'm going to do something else. Excellent. All right. All right. All right. Well, Emily Rooney, check her yes. out on uh, GBH. Good check day. your local listings, as Upton, they say. Great to see you. And see Upton, you. thanks Thanks for joining us. Um, and Upton, can you hang with us for a little bit longer? Yeah, All right. More. All right. Just a little bit longer. We, I got a few final questions for Upton. But thanks for joining us on the Boston Podcast. Emily Rooney, you're the greatest. I'm giving her a fist bump now. She's down with that. Fist bumps all around. (laughs) Uh, And stay with us, or if you're bored, just check in with us next week on the Boston Podcast. But thanks for listening. My outshows are getting good.